Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go, episode number 111 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. I am back, ladies and gentlemen, one week hiatus uh, after taking some exams. I'm back. Max, sadly, is not back since the Cavs started up. He has been working late night shifts over there at the arena, so he is not going to be here this week. He'll be back next week as we're in the middle of the season. Super Producer is here, though. Super Producer, how you doing? Doing good, man. I'm fired up another week. PJ, you're back in the saddle, so all the listeners can get spared of me hosting the the episode like I did last week. But no, man, um, all jokes aside, just, uh, you know, Happy to be back. Talk fantasy football for another week, man. Yeah, I think I think the week's slate last week was really interesting, but I'm really excited for this week's slate. There, there are a lot of great games, uh, a lot of elite teams facing elite teams. Get ready because the SHIT games are going to come next week. So enjoy this week while you can. Uh, but before we get in the episode, Super Producer, we're recording this on November 1st. We missed Halloween by a week. I wanted to know what your favorite Halloween candy is and your least favorite Halloween candy. I would say my favorite candy, Sour Patch Kids, and then my least favorite, Almond Mounds. I I despise Mounds. So Almond Joys, Almond Joys, Almond Mound, both of those. I despise those, Super Producer. We're linked on those, but I'll change it up. I need like the licorice candies. I can't. I really can't get behind. Uh, but my favorite, I love Twix. Are you a left Twix or a right Twix guy? I'm left Twix all day long. Left Twix all day long. Tastes different. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another week of the podcast. We're really excited to have you back. And I know it's this time in the season where a lot of values are changing constantly. So keeping your ear to the ground, getting ready to see behind corners and what's coming for certain players is really important if you're looking to buy because we're going to have all off season to sit on values and project and think. But right now is when these results are coming uh, and your players' values are going to be directly affected moving forward. Like basically at the halfway point in the season, super producer, give me a player right now, just off the cuff, that you think is going to outperform his value currently for the rest of the way. I mean, off the cuff, and I I am biased because I feel like I'm a closet Chiefs fan at this point. But I would say Rasheed Rice. Yeah, I, he he's been kind of a darling on fantasy Twitter just for some of his yards per route run, target per route run numbers. I mean, he's he's up there um, in like some elite elite tiers with those numbers. But I don't know for me, like that stuff can be misleading because it really favors players that are very efficient with their numbers. Even if it's like very limited opportunities, like he's been getting. So, I mean, he's been sub 50% of snaps, like all but three games so far. Um, So I feel like that's kind of swayed, but 
I feel like if he starts to get like 80%, 90% snap share, I mean, it, it's a Patrick Mahomes pass catcher. So I, yeah, I feel absolutely. like he can explode down the stretch there. I think it's interesting because there's there's kind of two different directions a player like that can go. He can go the Rashad Bateman route where he's, you know, Bateman put up crazy numbers and like advanced analytical stats, but really never has quote unquote done it on the field. Or he can go the exact opposite way and kind of go Mike Williams, how it took a couple of years for Mike Williams to kind of get into the league. And then he hit a stride and just was an absolute animal. Sucks that uh, the injury bug always keeps biting him every year, but I think those are the two paths and you have to take a bet on which side he's going to land on. I think Rasheed Rice has a lot of talent. I think the opportunity is a hundred percent there. They are dying for a number one wide receiver whose name is not Kelsey. So I, I think Nixie, that's a safe bet. If I could send over a second round pick for Rasheed Rice right now, I think you got to do it. And I, so this was going to be my, my follow-up point. I, I feel like he's a really tough guy to buy right now, which could be shocking, but like I I think he's starting to get some of that cult following, like that cult Twitter following where people drafted him in the second round, but they're like, oh, look at his yards per route run, look at his target per route run, like look at his red zone targets, all this stuff where people are I feel like buying into it more to where I feel like you would almost have to pay a first round pick to some owners if you really wanted them. And I don't think I could pay a first for him. No, I could never, I could never pay a first because at the end of the day, while we do think he's going to do well, there is the chance that he does go the Rashawn Bateman route. And I think he's a great buy for the value he's at right now, but absolutely not for a first round pick. My guy, super producer has been a guy I've talked about on this podcast for a very long time. Trey McBride. He finally had his coming out game last week. In half-point PPR, he had 20.5 points for a tight end. Dobbs absolutely peppered him. And it was the first game that we've seen him elevate since uh, Ertz has been out. I talked about him. He led all of college sports. I think he was like a top-five receiver, quote-unquote, in college football his uh, last year in college. And he was a tight end playing for Colorado State. He was incredible. Darling of the Senior Bowl, another one of those guys that – had really good value. I was fine taking him in the first round as a developmental tight end um, in Dynasty, like through a Dynasty lens. Uh, his value coming up through this week was probably a second-round pick. I still think it is a second. I think there are some owners out there that are not sold on him that are going to use this opportunity to sell maybe two seconds. I take that 10 times out of 10. Kyler Murray's going to be coming back. I think Trey McBride is the absolute buy right now. No, I'm with it, man. And me and Jace kind of talked on it last week as well. And I was hoping maybe he would bust this past week because I was trying to buy it an even lower dip. I mean, because now it's it's the same thing that we've kind of talked about with tight ends. It's like he's a young guy and he's shown multiple tight end one finishes, like top 12 finishes at the position even last year as well. The tight ends are such a coveted asset and you're going to have to give more than two seconds. I feel like for somebody who has them first, I really don't feel like he goes for a first because he wasn't drafted at a first value. And just because he's put up a couple games in that range, I don't think owners out there have been fearful for him because they drafted him in the early 
to be good and they see an opportunity to sell right now. And I'm absolutely gobbling up all the shares that I can. No, that makes sense. And I mean, the biggest thing you, you brought it up, man, Kyler seems to be coming back sooner rather than later. They already moved Dobbs out of there and it's going to be wheels up for McBride for sure. All right, let's move into reports from around the realm. All right, speaking about Josh Dobbs, Kirk Cousins out for the year, torn Achilles. Uh, Very sad, obviously, knowing what that's like with Aaron, not good. Kirk going to be a free agent. Justin Jefferson has come out and said that he loves Kirk Cousins and he wants Kirk back next year. His future is up in the up in the air right now. Superflex leagues, I'm buying him wherever I can. He's going to be a great quarterback. If I can especially buy him for maybe a first-round pick, I think I would do it right now because I think Kirk was hovering around the two first-round pick range, one and a half, two in Superflex. I think Josh Dobbs, though, now traded to Minnesota, is very interesting for Superflex. What do you think, Super Producer? Yeah, dude. I mean, he's been one of those low key value players all year long. I mean, people got him probably off of waivers, especially, I mean, talking more so super flex, like dynasty leagues. And he's been producing with a terrible Arizona team and the Vikings too. I I would been seeing reports that Jefferson will be back sooner rather than later. So it seems like he's not going to miss the rest of the season which I feel like is huge for Dobbs. And if I'm really a contender that is maybe like has a middling quarterback two, need that quarterback three depth piece. I mean, I'd send a couple third round picks over for Dobbs. I feel like just to get a hundred percent, just to get that security blanket. I mean, cause he's been good enough. He's shown the rushing upside as well. That that could snag you a win down the stretch here. I think when you look at Dobbs, I think, like you mentioned, two thirds is a fine price to pay, especially for someone that doesn't trust him or knows that there's no future there. They're not going to be a winner just to get a depth piece. What would you rather do? Pay two thirds for Dobbs or pay a second for Zach Wilson in a super flex? I feel like I'd rather just pay the two thirds. I feel like I would rather pay the two thirds right now, 100%. And this is coming from a Jets fan that thinks Zach has made strides, but I don't think anybody's going to get rid of Zach for a third round pick. You might find somebody. I mean, I bought him for Kadarius Tony in a Superflex league, which I feel like it's fair value. I mean, Kadarius Tony's probably valued at around a second. I mean, late second, maybe if you can talk yourself into it. But let's say value is not in this. Outside of Josh Dobbs, who is someone that a contender can go out and go acquire right now? For a depth quarterback for a playoff push. Do you think Daniel Jones is on the on the plate in a super flex league? He could be, maybe a super, super buy low. I, Cause he's just been god awful this year. I mean, I honestly don't think I would pay anything for him. I mean, unless it's like a third round pick or a couple thirds, but nobody's gonna sell him for that. Um as far as like vet QBs, Stafford even though- with the injury. Yeah, like Stafford is one. I'm trying to think of some other stopgap kind of guys. Like, 
Baker is like a good depth quarterback for a playoff yeah. push because he's I don't think he's the type of quarterback that will kill you on a week. But if you have to have to have to start because of injuries, you know, he's going to provide a decent floor. Yeah, no, that's that's probably the top one. And then, right. I mean, another another guy, maybe Heineke. Yeah. But now that we're off the Josh Dobbs talk, let's shift our focus back to Kirk Cousins. And it's less about Kirk. And I always mention this. With quarterbacks, we always talk about those auxiliary pieces, those extra pieces, wide receiver, running back, et cetera, tight end. What is your outlook for Vikings players now that Kirk has gone down? Looks like the team wants to part ways with him. If Josh Dobbs goes and wins, they're not going to have a good enough draft pick to go acquire a quarterback. If they lose, they're going to have a rookie what are you doing with your assets the rest of the way? Are you fearful for a rookie because a rookie won't be able to provide for Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson? Or are you going to embrace that and think that they can come in and solve the offense without Kirk Cousins? Because that's the way that it's trending. It will be interesting to see. I mean, uh, Kevin O'Connell came out and said that like he wants to have Kirk Cousins back. Could just be straight up coach speak. I mean, Jefferson has been vocal that he loves, like you said, loves Kirk cousins. So I, I think they're really going to upset some people. I mean, it seems like that's the perception that it would be very upsetting for Justin Jefferson, maybe even O'Connell, if they end up letting Kirk cousins walk, it, it's just going to be tough because we're already mid season at this point when the injury happens. So it's like, when is Kirk cousins going to be healthy again to be on the field? Um, that's another question, I guess, for another time. But the only guy I'm confident in is Jefferson, value-wise. It's tough to say I, I would be scared of having Addison moving forward just because he's a young wide receiver. He's I mean, so he's young. A, he's, his value is so insulated there. Where, he, But he's the only one that kind of longer term, like let's say the next year, year and a half, that I'm kind of worried about because we'll see what the production looks like. But I mean, I don't think he'll have anywhere near the production with Josh Dobbs that he had with Kirk Cousins, obviously. And I mean, I feel like Hawkinson might get a, a bump in the short term just with Dobbs. Interesting stuff. We will see what ends up happening in Minnesota, but it is time for owners to start to think about the future. If you're, if you're holding some of those assets, it's time to start thinking about trading them away just because of the quarterback play moving forward. Let's keep a look out for DPJ going to Detroit. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nixie, your guy. A quick talking point for anybody who's not familiar with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Just from an NFL perspective, I really don't understand this trade that the Browns made. I guess I do from the aspect that he was a free, he was going to be a free agent after this year, so they're just trying to get anything back from him. But, I mean, he outproduced his – price tag i think he was a six round pick a year or two ago um but i don't know man he's a good player he'll be a good depth wide receiver for them it'll be interesting to see how they maybe divvy the snaps uh maybe he'll eat into josh reynolds role probably more so than jameson williams mm -hmm. um but josh reynolds it seems like he's had kind of some drop issues this year so i could see them maybe trying to get dpj incorporated in there he's from detroit as well so Detroit's offense is good. I wouldn't be sad to see you have to like panic flex him moving forward. 
he's like a panic flexible guy for me just because you're chasing points. But outside of that, uh, I think he's maybe a third round pick, send over a third round pick if you believe in him, uh, especially because he could be a free agent this offseason. Who knows where he's going to go and his value could shoot directly up. Moving forward, Josh McDaniels fired in the uh, the middle of the night, like a thief in the night. Josh McDaniels was fired in Las Vegas as well as the general manager. Thoughts about Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and all the stars there that it looks like their season's over. You got to be worried about Adams rest of the season. I, I really don't know how you could have confidence in him moving forward with Aiden O'Connell. I mean, they bench Garoppolo. I'm not that Garoppolo was the best option, so maybe it's an upgrade for Adams. I really, I don't know what to make of these players. Uh, Josh Jacobs is probably the safest guy on the team, just because he's guaranteed to get some volume there. Yep. But like, if I have them on my team, I, I don't even know what you do in Dynasty. You probably got to hold Adams, and I guess Jacobs is a hold as well. You can't really sell them, but look on DraftKings Sportsbook. Las Vegas win total is at six and a half wins. I just bet the under. So I feel like, I mean, they would have to win probably like three more games for that to hit. And their schedule, it's there could brutal. be three wins in there, but they got some tough teams to it's face. It's brutal, man. It really is. The Giants are not no slouch. Even though their record is bad, they're no slouch. Uh, I, I think when you look at Devontae, and I know this past week, a lot of you out there were probably like 10 points away from a win. You're like, oh, Devontae Adams is going to go out there on Monday night and ball. Believe me, he has put up stinkers in his career. He has screwed me twice in the playoffs by putting up less than 10. Believe me, it has killed me on the inside. But you just know the talent that he has will eventually win out. I love the fact that this offseason he is going to get traded to the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to link back up in New York. If I am a rebuilder or like semi in the middle looking to push forward, I am going to buy Devontae Adams and then sell him this offseason for some good capital because he is going to get dealt. It's the best piece of advice for Devontae Adams owners out there. Yeah, I agree, man. It definitely is just that holding, just trying to play the market game because, you know, the value will only go up from here. You would assume, right? I mean, it's yeah. crazy to say that about such an old wide receiver, but Devontae's a Hall of Fame player, and there's no way he's letting his career just fizzle out like this. I traded him away and got a first-round pick in value uh, when he was getting older. And I at the time, that was like, okay, you know, I got what I can. I think right now he's worth three seconds. I don't think he's worth a first-round pick. I'm in that same boat with you. I totally agree, PJ. All right, let's take a look at our weekend recap. All right, Super Producer, let's get into weekend recap. Looks like you have a quarterback on yours. I do as well. My pick is going to be Will Levis. Went off 26.6 points in four-point pass touchdown. It's just an interesting talking point. I feel like he's, he's a guy that we really haven't talked about a ton on the podcast. The main reason I wanted to bring him up is more so how would you be approaching Will Levis in a dynasty format? Like if you have him, are you trying to sell right now? I mean, he was kind of a late first round pick in Superflex um, this past offseason. So you probably still have to pay a first round pick for him. 
if you don't have him, are you trying to buy? Would you buy for a first and a second, hoping that, okay, Thursday night, he just goes off for another four touchdown performance or something crazy. And then maybe he, his value just skyrockets at that point. Yeah, I think when you look at Thursday night, that's a really rough matchup against the Steelers. Steelers are a really good team. They're going to make his life a living hell. Uh, I, I, saw, I shot this in chat the other day with all the guys. I think with Will Levis, he's going to have his growing pains more often than he's going to have his four touchdown games. I think a good time to buy would be later in the season when he's struggling because, it believe me, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows for him. You know, maybe it is, and I'm wrong, but this is a train that I'm finally that I am fine missing. It's not like uh, Caleb Williams, where it's like a can't miss prospect, and I will pay up no matter what if I can't get him for fair value when he's bad, when he like has his normal rookie games where he throws two picks and a pick six and looks bad on national television. Then I don't think you'll be able to get him from whoever you're trying to get him from. Who knows what Tennessee's really trying to do longer term, but. It is intriguing because if I could pay, I don't know, if it's a late first this year, and that's where it's tough. It's like if you're a competitor, are you really going to pay a first for Will Levis? I I don't see really a scenario where I would, but maybe if I'm a rebuilder and I have a competitor's first that's like maybe guaranteed 110 to 112, I, I might be fine taking a gamble in like one or two leagues send out the offer and see if it could go through and then just hope maybe he'll end up starting the rest of the season. And I don't know, maybe you could recoup a little bit more on top. Like to, if he ends up hitting, I mean, you could get two and a half first maybe, but I, it is just a gamble to take. Yeah. I think it's interesting. We'll move forward to, to my guy really quick. Taysom Hill. I think in super flex leagues, he is a, must not must roster obviously he's going to be on rosters but he's a must start in super flex leagues this offense is going to run through him their red zone offense stinks capital s stinks and when they get within the 10 yard line they just run Taysom hill or they will fake a run and throw at Taysom hill i think he has the potential down the stretch to outscore Derek carr i know it sounds crazy he has the potential to do that Taysom Hill this past week, 22.46 points. I know last week he had 16 or 17 in four-point passing touchdown leagues. I would be fine sending a third-round pick for him as a depth quarterback if I'm going for it in Superflex right now. I'd be fine sending a late second for him in Superflex. I think I would look at it a different way just as tight end. I mean, this dude has tight end eligibility. In some leagues, in some leagues, every sleeper league that I'm in, he has tight end eligibility. I mean, I guess if you're playing on ESPN, I don't know if they have it like that or Yahoo or my fantasy league or anything like that. But at least on sleeper leagues, if I'm a competitor, need tight end like uh, this dude, he is the legitimate cheat code at tight end. And I it's like when Cordero Patterson had running back and wide receiver eligibility, and you could just start him at wide receiver, even though he was a running back. Yeah. He's a running back. So it's like, I don't get it with Taysom Hill. I mean, I, I do understand what you're saying though, as a competitor, I would send a third just to have the guy. And like, especially if I'm tight end needy, which a ton of teams are, 
you don't have those top three, top four guys like Laporta, Kelsey, Andrews, maybe Hawkinson. I, I'm trying mm-hmm. to spend, even if I got to overspend a little bit for Taysom Hill, I probably would because what other guy? There's no other guy, maybe outside of like Kelsey and Andrews, that might have the week to week ceiling that Taysom Hill has. And hey, dude, that might be a hot take, but the dude runs the ball like four or five times on the goal line and can pass for a touchdown. Like it's just unreal. Absolutely. All right. Super producer. Let's get into our crystal ball. You want to review last week's picks or do you want to shy away from them with that? The boys without me there went one for six. All right. Yeah. So last week, week eight crystal ball brutal, man. I mean, it's been a brutal stretch. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to add it up for next week to kind of see what our our hit rates have been for the season. But, I mean, we've had a few weeks here where it's just been – it's been a drought, sadly. But I'm going to go over the recap for for the week. It was uh, Jace had Calvin Ridley. He ended up with 11.3 points, and this is all half-point PPR scoring, um, which is a miss. So – Miss on Calvin Ridley there. Uh, his bust was Brian Robinson, who just barely missed, scored 8.9 points. So just a slight, slight miss. Max had Brees Hall. He ended up hitting that one. It was 18.3 points there. And his bust was Addison. Back-to-back weeks, Addison burns us. He had 17.9 points. And then I just missed on both of mine. Waller, well, Waller got up, hurt. That shouldn't count. I I I don't know. I think it still counts. I, I'm just counting it as a miss. 0. 0.9 points. And then I picked Josh Jacobs, and he had 15.8 points. I can't lie. Like for the boom bust, I could I could be wrong here, but I think I might have hit. I think I might have gotten like two right all season. This is like Book It with Trent. If anybody it out did. there knows Book It with Trent, just fade Nick C. And I was I said it even going into my picks the last week. So I probably put some bad juju onto myself, but it's like, dude, just do the opposite. Like if if I if I picked your guy to have a bust week, just throw him in the lineup as a lock, a lock starter. So well, super producer, let's see if we can turn your fade around. Let's see who your boom is. For this week, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry versus the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night. Pittsburgh, they do rank 26th in points per game given up to the running backs. They don't give up a ton of receiving production for running backs. So I think that could play into Henry's favor here a little bit, even though, you know, it could cap his upside, but that's never really Henry's upside in general. It might just keep Tajay off the field a little bit if he can't really get anything going. It's really just hoping that Levis can, you know, obviously not throw four touchdowns, but show a little bit of life and maybe get them down into the the red zone a little bit. Henry had 22 carries last week for like 101 yards. He also had like four catches. So if you get, okay, maybe you take away the catches, but if you just feed him on the ground, this Pittsburgh run defense hasn't been the best all season. I mean, they're they're not the worst, though. Um, and I think it is important to note that 
Kenny Pickett is coming into the game a little bit banged up, so that could play into the favor of Tennessee. Uh, maybe they get a, a positive game script where they can just give Henry the rock like 30 times. That's kind of what I'm banking on here. This could be a bad matchup. I, I mean, there is still players on the Steelers defense, obviously, that are good. And they could just make, like you were saying, PJ, earlier when we were talking about Levis, it, they could just make this night a living hell for Will Levis. But I think Henry's going to be the, the security blanket, as he's always been. Cam Hayward is back for Pittsburgh, which could be why they have been kind of mediocre against the running back position this year, but I'm just banking on Henry here in a primetime game. Yeah. And, you know what? Uh, we, yeah. we haven't seen Henry break off a big run this year. I, I feel like we haven't seen like a primetime Derek Henry. All right, let's go 80 yards on this uh, draw up the middle. So I, I would love to see that this week. I do like Henry. He had a little shaky start trying to feel out the new offense and figure out what's going on with Tajay, but I think he is as locked and loaded as you can make for a, what is it, 28-year-old running back at this point in his career. I like him to go for like 16, 17 points this game. Uh, and then touchdown luck, he can get into the 20s. Yeah, it's it's totally just a volume play, hoping that he falls into the end zone. So I don't know. It, it's not doesn't inspire so much confidence, especially since I've been missing all these, but I'm kind of just – attacking a mediocre matchup and hoping that it pays off here. All right. My boom for the week is Jerome Ford. Super producer is excited to see that he is at home. I think Stefanski is going to realize that he needs to run the rock a little bit more instead of putting it in PJ Walker's hands. I think Jerome Ford goes off and they create a positive game script for him. They go up by like, 10 early and then they just pound the rock like the brownies always do i like him to get a touchdown and then 100 yards as well yeah i mean in arizona has been a really good matchup for the running backs this year so i I can totally see how this could be a just a terrible game for arizona i mean they got clayton tune uh starting the browns d it could get real bad for arizona here and like you said, it'll be Ford down the stretch, and he's got another week back uh, coming off. I think it was a hamstring to get get kind of healthy and and get right. So I do like this play, Pete. Yeah, I love him. And I don't care if Deshaun, Deshaun plays or not. I think if Deshaun plays, they're going to lean on the running game to ease him back in. I think if P.J. Walker plays, Stefanski's going to realize that he can't be passing more with a XFL quarterback. I think he's a cannot-miss RB1 this week. I love it. All right, Super Producer, let's get your bust. I'm going with another running back here. Uh, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker versus the Baltimore Ravens. They've been a sneaky, difficult matchup versus the running backs. This year, they give up the 13th lowest points per game against running backs. And for Kenneth Walker, he's coming off a season-low 41% snap share. And he was out-snapped by Zach Charbonnet against Cleveland this past week. I don't know how much you can read into it. It'll be interesting to see, right? I mean, it could be, okay, It's just it was just a bad matchup versus Cleveland. He was banged up a little bit going into the week. He only practiced two days maybe with a calf injury. 
So for me, it's just a lot of question marks going into this game. And I would have a hard time starting him with any confidence, especially just how the game went last week. And I mean, obviously he gets another week to be, to kind of heal up that calf, but it's like, okay, does that linger in? Maybe they just start feeding Charbonnet a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I'm just out this week on Kenneth Walker, even though I do like him long-term. I like to take super producer. Love Kenneth Walker long-term this week. That's a rough matchup against Baltimore. Baltimore's defense has been by far and away one of the best in the league. And no one's talking about them. No one's talking about them because they're not winning sexy. They're not like flashy. They're literally ground and pounding everyone to death. And there's no prevailing storyline there. Everyone's getting along. So the national media really isn't talking about Baltimore as much as everyone should. I love the pick. Kenneth Walker has a good game and they win which is what would be needed. I don't think that Geno Smith can like elevate them to a win. So they would need Kenneth Walker and Geno to play complimentary football to win this game. So if they do win, it has to be on the back of Kenneth Walker, which I don't think will happen because I think the Seahawks are frauds. So I love the bust pick. All right, let's move on to my bust, and then we'll get everyone on their merry way. My bust is Saquon Barkley. I know, crazy Raiders you got to think, oh, they fired McDaniel. Oh, you know, it's going to be a rollover game. Antonio Pierce, the new head coach, defensive guy, came out and talked about all the right things in his presser. I think the team is going to go out there and win or at least compete in this game. I think Saquon has looked good at times. That offensive line is still abysmal. Max Crosby is going to have his way against whoever they throw out there, whether it's Daniel Jones, DeVito, whoever's getting thrown out there. Tyrod Taylor, I think he's still incapacitated. But I think the offense is going to become too Saquon dependent. I doubt they give him 30 carries in back-to-back weeks. So we will see. I think it'll be more of a split workload if they do decide to go run heavy with Brita. This one's tough for me. I I know. It. A, I'm trying to be bold here. Right. And I can't be mad at it because what do I know about boom bus picks, right, <laughs> at this point? But I just as a counterpoint, Las Vegas is the third easiest matchup against running backs. They give up the third highest points per game, which gives me some pause. But you're selling me on the narrative a little bit, though. Because... The Raiders are going to come out with their hair on fire, man. I'm serious. Now the, the boogeyman's gone. The evil man is gone that they all hated. Now they're going to go play for some guy. It's the same thing that happened with Rich Basaccia. You're 100% right. And last week, Jameer Gibbs absolutely torched them on primetime. But I can see Max Crosby coming to play again like he did and, and just wrecking the game. You know what, PJ? I'm with it, man. I like the bold take. Bold take. Saquon, not going to have a great game. Now, does that mean he's going to score like you know five points? I don't think. I think it'll be anywhere between the 8 to 12 range, and I'm leaning more towards that 8 range for, for, for this game. So at the end of the day, he's a fine RB2 on your squad, and you'll probably still start him if you don't have RB depth like all these teams, but tamper your expectations for Saquon this week. All right, that's going to wrap us up for the episode week number eight in the books, week nine on the horizon, believe it or not. I believe it is at halftime of the four o'clock games is when we are officially halfway done with the season. 
We hope that you all enjoy. Sit back, relax, take in the Germany game. That's going to be an awesome game. Dolphins, Chiefs. See if you can wake up early. If you're on the West Coast, that sucks. But us over here on the East Coast, it's going to be a 930 kickoff. So it's going to be an awesome one. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over on Twitter. Super producer just sent out a big poll. The podcast is kind of split on a trade and super producer put a poll out there for the Twitter community to see who would win. Super producer, do you mind pulling it up? Yeah. So this is a trade that Max actually offered me uh, in it's in a super flex dynasty full PPR league. I would be giving away Justin Jefferson and I would be receiving the locked and loaded 101 pick, uh, this next rookie draft, and a random 2026 first-round pick. I leaned on the Jefferson side. I declined. PJ and Max, they're telling me I'm crazed. I think Caleb Williams, just the pick of the litter at quarterback this draft, is too insane in a Superflex league. A lot of question marks with Jefferson this upcoming offseason. While he probably will still be good, no more Kirk Cousins to throw him the rock, probably. But at the end of the day, we will find out which one is correct. We won't find out today, not tomorrow, maybe not even a year from now, but we will definitely find out one of these days what the right decision would have been. Go give us your opinion on this trade over on Twitter, at Dynasty Monarchy. Go follow us over there. We appreciate it. We will see you back next week. The whole gang will be back together. Appreciate you tuning in. See you next week. Enjoy a beautiful week of football. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>